people want to judge me, that's absolutely fine. I did what I did. I can't change the past. Yeah. And I felt shame around it for a very long time. Like, fuck that. Like, I'm over it now. Dion Slater, absolutely chuffed to have you on the show, the Purpose Dead Leadership Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Great to meet you in person. I'm inspired by your content and what you've done and your story. I think the first question is, how the fuck do you become so unapologetic? A lot of lessons, a shitload of wobbles, a lot of healing, a lot of facing your fears and... The biggest thing for me has definitely been overcoming the things that I felt the deepest shame about. And it hasn't been easy. It's been like a massive fucking emotional roller coaster. Mm. But this is like, this is how I've got to where I am. And it definitely hasn't been linear as well. Yeah. I know we're just talking in the lift there about like me having a knock drink on the head because I just can't, I just can't do one drink. Um, that was for a long time that's what i used for my confidence people always thought i was very unapologetic but i was yeah. only like that with substances in me right. and now i've had to learn how to do it without that yeah i mean your journey is very eclectic why don't we why don't we just go into it let's just talk do about it. from school to now the highs the lows there's some big things happened haven't there mm -hmm. definitely definitely fire away so so <laughs> tell us tell us so what what's happened in your life since 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 kind of school so in school, I was very, very quiet. My mom, she was a single parent. She was an alcoholic. Um, she tried her best with the tools she had because she came from a very, very, like, very violent, chaotic, alcoholic parents. And it just kind of like, it just fucking goes down generations, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, she she was depressed a lot of the time. She had this temper like you've never seen before. Um, and it was just, yeah, a very chaotic childhood. There was a lot of violence, a lot of just, uns it was just, yeah, very, very unsettled. And mm. so in school, I tried very much to be the good girl so that I wouldn't get in trouble. I was a very right. scared little kid. Um, and... Yeah, I became a people pleaser. I just wanted to be liked. I was so desperate to be liked because I didn't feel loved. My mom tried yeah. killing herself a few times. Right. I thought, like, but that's obviously my fault. She hates her life that much that she wants mm. to kill herself. So grew up feeling just not good enough, very unlovable. And I tried to contort myself and change myself. Yeah. Basically, I will be whatever you want me to be in yeah. order for you to like me. Yeah. And... As you know, it's just like the world just doesn't work like that. So that, that really resonates because mm -hmm. I've been very public and open about being an abandoned child, right? And that's yeah. played out in my relationships, in my love life, but also in, in more trivial things as well. And I get the sense with I get, yours is kind of rejection and abandonment as yeah. well. But I think that obviously that one incident has, 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 has affected you, but it's also affected you in different ways, in different situations, I think. Is that right? Definitely, definitely. It plays out in like so many areas of our lives relationships mm. with men that I had, yeah. um, work relationships. I even like, I would change my fucking accent just to fit in. Right. So just every single area of my life that bled into. And yeah, so much of it comes from this, yeah. Like rejection wound, mm. not feeling love. Obviously I didn't know my dad as well growing up. So yeah, just every area of your life, like but, stuff like this goes into. But it's also, you seek that validation wherever it is, you get it. And then it's never enough. You yeah. want more and it's like, it's just, how do you break that cycle? You have to learn how to validate yourself. 
everyone in the world can tell you you're amazing, you're this, you're that. They can blow all the smoke yeah. up your arse, but until you learn to love, like, and validate yourself, it's never going to be enough. We know that ourselves. Yeah. We've had, we, we yeah. always wanted the validation. We got the viral post and yeah. still didn't feel good enough. Yeah. yeah. So obviously a very difficult, traumatic childhood with both parents pretty much there, but not there. Let's put it that way, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So my dad, I didn't meet him until I was 19. Right. So he actually left when I was six months old. We have an amazing relationship now and I'm okay. so grateful for yeah. it. Um, but yeah, he was he was totally gone. He had his own addictions. Right. My mom was there, but... Yeah. She she struggled. She had her own mental health. Like I said, there was the suicide attempts. There was the alcohol. There was a lot of like violence and stuff in the household. Men coming in and out. So we just never felt safe. When I say we, I mean me and my sister, who's three yeah. years younger than me. We never felt safe and we kind of coped with it in our own ways. I went very much down the good girl route. Yeah. And um, people pleasing good girl route. And then my sister very much went down the rebellious route. Yeah. Always getting into trouble. Police always at the door. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, you you deal with stuff in different ways yeah so the men coming in and out that was like my mum was like that she was no. i've been open about the fact that she was she was a prostitute yeah so how, how did how did that situation affect your opinion of men and also your your relationships and your sex life yeah so i never trusted men i never liked them because i remember once I think I must have been about eight or nine years old and she met this guy. We went on holiday in Greece, she met this guy and he ended up coming back to us. I think he might have lived with us for a little bit, but it all happened very fast. And I remember yeah. literally it must have been a few weeks into the relationship. Me and my sister were like arguing, fighting downstairs as you do when you're kids. Yeah. And the guy slapped us across the face. Jeez. And I remember telling my mom and he said I was lying and my mom believed him. And so right. straight away I was like, Fucking I can't, up. like this strange has hit me. I don't know who the fuck wow. it is. And yeah. so again, straight away, there was just like no trust there and the people who I thought were supposed to be like my caretakers weren't. Mm. So yeah, I had this very, very skewed opinion of men from a very, very young age. But at the same time, mm. I was so desperate to be loved and liked yeah. that from the age of 14, yeah. I started sleeping with guys just because I was like, well, if I sleep with them, then maybe they'll love me. And mm. it just never worked out like that. I just got used so much mm. to then when I became an adult and in my late 20s, I'd had enough of being this good girl, which I tried being for such a long time that I thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna, I've been used anyway, so I might as well get fucking paid for it. Right. And I'm sick of being this good girl. So fuck the world, fuck a lot of you. I'm just gonna rebel and do all the things that society says you shouldn't do. Yeah. And then that's how I ended up in sex work right. for the brief time that I was in it. What was that like? Do you know what? It like there was some times where it was really fun. Mm. It was really mm. fun. I got to explore. There was a lot of my own sexuality that I wanted to explore. Yeah, right. I was in a very controlling relationship when I was in Brighton. He was a lot older than me. And yeah. he didn't like the way I spoke. He didn't like the way I dressed. So again, I changed myself massively. If you go onto my old YouTube videos, when I was a vocal coach, I sound completely different. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I've got this like weird Cockney accent. It's like, yeah. I, that's how much I wanted to change myself. Yeah. And I was just really unfulfilled. I felt very, very trapped, just really unhappy and resentful 
to mm. the extent where one day I just exploded and thought, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Quit my successful vocal coaching business, moved to Newcastle, thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to become a prostitute. That sounds like fun. I get paid yeah. for having sex. I've, I've never had a threesome before. I'll get like, <laughs> I can do all of that. Yeah. And... Yeah, so I mean, would I go back to it? No, sex to me now is very sacred. I'm yeah. with a partner that I love. Yeah. But at the same time, like, were there some fun times? Absolutely. So how did you get out of that? And secondly, how did you arrive at a position where you're absolutely comfortable saying that's what you did? So I... Do you mean comfortable saying it now? Yeah. So... Because you probably wasn't then, was you? Oh, God, no. Like, I... To be honest, someone triggered me that much to a point like there where they tried shaming me when I was in sex work at the time right. that we ended up in an altercation that got that bad and Nelly went to prison. Seriously? That's how triggered I got. That's right, how right. ashamed I was really about it. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, like he was an arsehole, but like I, mm. my anger, my emotions, everything, I was really messed up back then. I did no inner work whatsoever. I was just like this right. time bomb. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just, yeah, I, it took a while for me to release the shame. Even when mm. I started my VA business back in 2019, I think it was, mm. I always had this fear of, oh my God, if I get too big, people, right. someone could be like, oh my God, that's that prostitute out me to the world. My world's going to come yeah. crumbling down. I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. So I kept myself small for a lot of years. Yeah. Well, for a lot of years, for a few years. Yeah. And it was always a massive fear. Fuck, what if people find out what I used to do? Mm. Massive, massive fear. What was the thing that triggered you to say, fuck that, I'm going to just tell, not tell everybody. I mean, you don't just mention it all the time. Yeah, but you... do you know what? I edged my way into it because yeah. I started becoming aware that just shame is a very, very repressive mm. emotion. Is shame an emotion? Yeah, I suppose it is. But yeah. shame is just really repressive. Yeah. And the more inner work I was doing, the more I realised it. And... I wanted to, when I moved back into coaching, I I wanted to help my clients on such a deeper level. Yeah, right. But at the same time, I was still running away from a lot of the shame that I felt. Mm. And it's like, at one point, God was just like, you know what, it's fucking time to start running away from it now. Mm. But it didn't happen overnight. I started edging my way into it. On a couple of the masterclasses I did, I started mentioning it there, started mentioning it to... Um, people who were more like acquaintances rather than friends mm. to eventually, I can't even remember the first time that I mentioned about the sex work online, but I'm yeah. sure I would have been shaken like a leaf. Yeah. And now I just, I don't care anymore. If people want to judge me. That's absolutely fine. I did what I did. I can't change the past. Yeah. And I felt shame around it for a very long time. Like, fuck that. Like I'm over it now. Mm. Shame. I think shame is similar to fear, isn't it? Fear mm -hmm. about what people think and, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think, as you say, it's not a magic pill. We don't do a course or a program and it. I think it's just, <laughs> it's just ongoing work, isn't it? But also, Absolutely. I mean, I, I talk about my story a lot when I've been abandoned and I've lost a, a massive business. It's only recently I thought, hang on a second, that's happened to me, but it's not me. And I think it's similar to you where you've done what you've done, whatever you've done. That doesn't define you as a human being, right? What exactly. do you think? 100%. Like, I know I'm a good person. I am friends with people who, like, I know a lot of people who've been in sex work, drug yeah. addicts, people who are, like, ex-criminals. And people just 
so many of us have been through trauma. Yes, some yeah. of us haven't been through like the big T trauma, mm. but I think everyone in their own way has been through trauma. And you know what? We just fucking do the best that we can do with the tools that we've yeah. got. And some of us made some really like questionable decisions, but mm. it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. Absolutely not. So, so what advice would you give them for someone who's got a similar kind of situation where they've got the shame, they've got the fear? Is it a question of starting to talk about it? Because I, I think pe people say they, they own things and they I, I think there's so many people walking around this world that are just masking their shit and they're too afraid to fucking tell them, not, not tell the world, but just get that out and just talk about it and deal with it. Yeah. So how would you advise somebody to kind of tear the shackles off? Mate, mm -hmm. it's okay, it's okay. I would recommend, because this is the thing, right? If we feel so much shame around something, mm. like the herpes virus, for example, I'm sure I will get onto that at some point. Yeah. But so if I was just to come out with people, say a couple of years ago online and say, I got the herpes virus yeah. years ago. I don't actually think my nervous system could have handled that. I think I would have totally just I mean, that, had a meltdown, wanted to crawl into a hole. To, I had to edge my way to into To interject, that. I mean, mm -hmm. for you to be comfortable saying that is, is fucking big. And it doesn't, you know what now, like saying that, like it literally, there's no, there's no pounding, there's no right. sweating. The first time I mentioned it, I've actually got the footage of it on my Instagram. I'm saying it in a mastermind I was in. Oh, yeah. I'm crying, yeah. I'm shaking, you can hear my voice quivering, yeah. but I knew I had to start releasing the shame around it. What I had to do first of all, and this is what I would recommend to anyone, if you're feeling shame around a stigmatized condition or even just for who you are, mm. if people have, if you've been brought up being told you're too much, you're too this, you're too that, you're not enough this, you're not enough that, yeah. or if you've got shame around your past, it's not necessarily about telling the world if that's something you don't want to do, but if you want to overcome the shame around it, you need to look inside first because usually whatever it is we are feeling shame around, mm. for example, the herpes virus, it's not about the herpes virus. Mm. It's never been about the herpes virus. It goes so much deeper about that. It's the shame. It's the fear around rejection. It's yeah. the fear around I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not likable enough. I'm not lovable enough. That's what it was Where all about. Where is coming from? What's the root cause? Why what's, do I... Yeah. yeah. What's the root cause of those issues mm. once you get to that and once you figure that I, out i totally agree because like I, I keep saying to myself oh every time i go back it's hurtful and painful but i'm going back for a reason because i'm still not clear it's still not yeah. healed and i think yes people say be positive and put on a brave face but i i think that you can't really get to that level of attainment and achievement and happiness until you fucking clear the weeds out. You've got to do the work. Do you know what I mean? You've got to do the work. And sometimes it can be really messy and really <laughs> scary and involve a lot of snot bubble crying yeah. and on the floor. <laughs> why? God, why? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you come out the other side so much stronger. But when you feel that fear, that shame, that mm -hmm. anger, it's just like, it's horrible. But like, actually, it's it's it basically a warning sign or, or gift saying you, you've got to do something about it. 100%. So what I used to do and what many people used to do, do the drinks, do... The, the drink, the yeah. drugs, the gambling, whatever. I did all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was like a second class post. It came, it came, the, all the shit came after it in the post afterwards. So true. And I, I've stopped doing the, the the drugs. I'm still I'm still drinking a little bit, but I used to be an addict, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you, you, can, you can do all the work, um, but it's, it's ongoing, isn't it? It's ongoing. Always, always. And I like, someone said this, I saw it on social media or something, but it's like, it's not that we're never done healing, but we're never done growing. And I really like that. Right. 
I really, really like that. I think we're, we're always going to have stuff to work on, especially if we've got, yeah. sometimes we can have wounds which are, which are so deeply baked into us. People yeah. like like yourself and like me who we've had like pretty big trauma. Yeah. Like there's going to be certain things that we probably have to work on a lot more than certain people. Yeah. And like we've, we're, we're always going to have shit to work on. Doesn't mean we're broken. Doesn't mean there's nothing but wrong with us. I also us. think that we know when we're kidding ourselves. And I think, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say I've been kidding myself because I, I, I thought up until recently I was pretty authentic authentic online I, th I think compared to most people not that I should compare I think I am quite authentic but yeah someone you are someone thank you but someone said to me a couple of months ago I don't think you are I was like what the fuck she, and she was and she was basically saying you're, you're telling the story but you're not really telling it with feeling mm -hmm. so I've done some NLP work and only last week it came up about my son who I hadn't seen for six months my oldest one mm -hmm. six years actually and I started to cry and feel and kind of like I yeah. think there's doing the work and there's really doing the work when you're actually feeling it not just logically understanding yeah. it you're actually getting involved with the emotion yeah yeah so true yeah we can definitely understand something at a like cerebral level but it yeah yeah you know no I, mean? I totally totally agree is that, the, is that sort of the work that you do then so tell us yeah. about the work that you do because i've listened to a couple of your stuff and I, i'd probably hire you as a coach as well because mm -hmm. i mean it's phenomenal but just you do is it sort of shame slaying that kind of stuff is it or? yes <laughs> that's like the name i've adopted right. i'm like the shame do you know what yeah. when i first kind of done this pivot and i knew i wanted to help people at a deeper level and with the rtt hypnosis i was like mm. it's a sabotage coach gonna help people right. stop self-sabotage but the more work I've been doing I'm like do you know what it's actually shame yeah. it's helping people overcome shame and I could only do that by being on my own journey mm. so I use a mixture of coaching and rapid transformational therapy which I like to describe as like hypnosis on steroids okay I did a lot of the talking therapies on and off for years and I feel Personally, I know it works for a lot of people. And this is the thing, you have to do what works for you. Yeah. For me, I felt like I was going around in circles and I was trying all these different things and I kind of mm. felt like nothing was really working. Yeah. Um, and I got to a point where I was doing well in my business. I was making more money than I'd ever made and I still felt inadequate, still never felt good enough. Yeah. At the time, I was working with a client who was doing rapid transformational therapy and I thought, you know what, I'm going to, let's give that a go. What have we mm. got to lose? Had a session with her and it like, it just absolutely changed I, my I've life. I've a couple of those. It's like mm -hmm. kind of like affirmations on, on, on steroids, isn't it? Is, is yeah. it like... I am good. I am grateful, but it's more than that. Is you? You're, you're... Yeah. For personally, for me, I don't yeah. like affirmations. I right. feel like a knobhead when if I'm standing <laughs> in front of the mirror and I'm going, yeah. "You are beautiful. You are." And I'm sorry, I am beautiful. I am yeah. amazing. I just feel like a twat. But with with RTD, yeah, I suppose it is kind of like that in a way because yeah. we're going. I'm putting you into hypnosis. I'm regressing you back to scenes to find the root cause of your issue, and yeah. then few of our tools that I use and at the end I give you a custom hypnosis which you listen to for 21 days mm. and it's all suggestions which are yeah. all in line with the things you want but I think it's interesting I think people get confused like you've had big things yeah. happen like rejection abandonment your mum mm. dad I've had, but it doesn't have to be as big it can be something along the lines of almost you're in a sweet shop and your dad says no you can't have any fucking sweets yeah. something like that and that can really play out so it's all that oh. stuff isn't it yes it, I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up because so much of the time in sessions people will be like I know what's going to come up. I know what scenes are going to come Bullshit. up. And I'm like, do you though? Yeah, yeah. And they think it's going to be the big trauma that they had, yeah. like the abuse or whatever. And sometimes, like you said, it can, the scene that comes up is they're in the sweet shop and the dad mm. says, no, you're not having that. And then that's stuck with them yeah. forever. Yeah. I think as well, I've, I've done so many different types of things. I mean, it, I think it, it's taken six or seven different things. And mm -hmm. I think it's the advice I would give that 
is that you've got to persevere with this stuff. It's not you, sometimes you won't get it the first time, second time, yeah. or the third time. You just gotta you gotta have a willingness though, haven't you, to to, to want to yeah. do it, right? Absolutely, you have to put the work in, and you also have to realize as well that no one is coming to save you. Like you can be, mm. as you well know, like you can be a shit hot coach. We can be mm. the best in the world at mm. what we do, but unless our clients are willing to put in the work yeah. and be consistent with it, like we yeah. can't be anyone's savior. But a good coach will say that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't, we can't wipe their ass. Exactly. And trust. nor do I want to either. No, no. <laughs> so I was going to bring it up, but you already have mm -hmm. the herpes thing, yes. right? So, I mean, that must have hit you for six. It was like the worst day of my life when I found out. And yeah. I genuinely thought, because by then I wasn't doing the sex work, I'd got into a relationship. This was about a year or so later. Um, and he had this, what, what I now know now is a breakout, but he mm. said it was something else. He basically said that his foreskin was tight and it does that all the time. I was like, all right, why would he lie? Yeah. So we continued having sex. And then the breakout, like, it was going on for a while. So I said, will you just get checked out? I'd already been checked out. Yeah. I also didn't know at the time, very bloody naive, that you can have a full sexual health check mm. and the herpes virus doesn't show up. Oh, right, it okay. will not show up unless you are having an active breakout and it gets like swabbed or something, or yeah. if they do a certain so type it, of blood when, work. So when you say breakout, you don't have to get too graphic, but is it, is it a visual thing that you see or? Well, uh, do you ever get cold sores? Oh, right, yeah. it's, that's what it oh, is, okay, it's, right. but it's a cold sore down there. Yeah. So some people not can ideal. have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some people can have um like pretty like extreme breakouts. Right. Right, okay. For me personally, I mean, I haven't had one for months, mm. but when I do, it's literally like I get a tiny little blister and I still, yeah. if I get a breakout now to this day, I still think it's an ingrown hair for the first couple of days. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, now if you shave down there, it happens. Yeah. So is it a virus that uh, is permanent? It just Yeah, right. it's literally, okay. it's the cold sore virus, but it's, it's in a different oh, right. place. Okay. It's exactly the same virus. So I think yeah. you've got HSV1, which we tend to get here, yeah. HSV2, so which no we tend to get there. It's just something that you have it's to manage, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly so people that. People associate it with, oh, your your your. A slag or whatever, mm -hmm. or you, yeah. you know, you just don't give a fuck about your sexual preferences. Yeah. Or whatever, do you know what I mean? And I know people who've got it when they've slept mm. with one person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, even me doing the sex work, yeah. I didn't get it from that. I ended up getting it when I was in a relationship. So it did. It made. So in terms of your emotional, did it? All that stuff came in the shame. I'm sure. Oh, I've, I was yeah. like, this is God punishing me for what I've done. I was absolutely devastated and i knew that i knew very early on that the relationship like mm. we weren't right together it wasn't aligned but i was like well i've got this thing now no one else is gonna want me i already had feelings from childhood of i'm not good enough i'm not lovable enough i'm not this yeah, i'm not that hell. all of that was brought to the surface so i ended up staying in this unaligned relationship for three years you because, stayed with him yeah for three years because i was like no one else is going to touch me anymore Bloody hell, so course, then right, that right. brought its own set of problems as well yeah so how did you how did you um change that because you would never do that Old old Dion is different to new Dion. Oh, right? yeah, totally different now. <laughs> like, fuck that shit. If I'm not happy with someone like that, yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, three years we stayed yeah. together. We ended up, like, the drinking and using, like, that got pretty bad. Because I think we were both, like, pretty miserable. But when we were off our faces, we had a brilliant time. So then yeah. that was kind of the only way we really coped for three years wow. until it got to a point where by this time... I was just about to pivot my business. I'd done some RTT. I was really starting to do the inner work on myself. 
So we finally broke up the relationship and it was a mutual thing. Like we're, we're still talk now, like we're friends, yeah. like he's a good guy. We just weren't right for each other. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, I think by then I was just doing the inner work. We broke up and now, like I said, I'm in a relationship. We've only been in it for a few months, but he knows everything yeah. about me. I know everything about him. We accept each other exactly the way we are. It's like love him a bit. It's a beautiful relationship. Yeah. But yeah, it took a while to get to that point. Mm. Was that your darkest moment then, did you say? Um, I would say my darkest moment was when I was sitting in the police cell after like after the altercation I'd had. Yeah. And I was a prostitute sitting in a police cell the solicitor said this is bad and it turned out i could have been looking at prison for three years what did you do and <laughs> no comment oh god here we go it's not a police interview come on let's have a little bit it was like it was an altercation oh, it was an altercation but bit, it went a bit like of fisty cuffs was it or? yeah and right, i went okay. way too far it was with a man um but went okay. way too far my, my like i said i didn't I was an emotional mess back then. Now I can handle my emotions a lot better because of a lot of the work that I've done. But um, yeah. yeah, so I was sat in the police cell. I'm like, I could be looking at prison here. It wow. was really bad. Police cars, that they'd been everywhere down the street. It was in the papers, everything. Wow. And I remember I sat here thinking, this time three, no, I think it was this time six months ago, I was a really successful, really highly respected vocal mm. coach in Brighton, loads of students, and now I'm a prostitute, sat in a police cell, potentially going to prison. Yeah. I think that was the darkest moment. The yeah. herpes was a close second. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> God, you've, I mean, you've, I mean, for me, it's like people worry about, oh, I haven't paid my gas bill, as, as a bad example, but I mean, mm. quite innocuous things that um, they worry about, but you've had big things to deal with. I'm really interested to find out, um, obviously you didn't just wake up one day and say, fuck it, I don't give, I, I don't care, but the, 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 the pride you must have in yourself mm -hmm. to be able to hold yourself and not worry about that. It, it's almost like, this is why I think that the past doesn't define you. It's almost like you're, you're actually a different, you're, you're still Dion, but you're a different human being, mm. I think. Definitely, say? definitely. I think it's because I've always, I've always known that I was meant to help people, but I was always very lost in my purpose. I've been yeah. coaching on and off for 12 years now, but in different ways, like vocal coaching, doing VA coaching, this type of coaching. Yeah. So I've always loved helping people, but I never really knew what my exact purpose was. And as I was moving through my own journey of overcoming yeah. shame and going through all of that, I was seeing like other people started messaging me the more I started sharing my story and they were like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. And I realized this is what I, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah. And how can I help people if I don't have the courage to face my own shit and do the yeah. deep inner work? I need to set an example yeah, yeah. and I need to... I need to work on myself as much as possible and do the do the scary things because the more I do that, the more people I can help but, and I want to help people because I know what it's like. By helping them, you're also helping yourself. 100%, yeah. So um, I know it's not a mask, but you put on this very powerful, confident mm -hmm. persona and you are, but also you know as well as I do, we're all fucking human beings. 100%. What scares you? What 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 are you? What fears do you have at the moment? What 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 makes you upset and cry and vulnerable and anxious? I am still a control freak and yeah, that like enter in this relationship for me there's that's brought on its own challenges because yeah. little things like 
my lack of routine. So when we first met, all of a sudden I'm going to bed a bit late. I'm getting up early. Okay, yeah. get up at half bloody four for work. And I'm like, <laughs> so all of a sudden my routine, which I've been so militant yeah. with because it's yeah. it's really out my head. All of a sudden that was out the window. I hated losing control of that. Yeah, right. Um, even like falling in love again, I was happy being single. Totally. Falling in love again, I hated the lack of control of that. That is still something this, that scares me. This lack is a of fear control. for me because like, mm -hmm. I've been single now for three or four years happily. I've got divorced and I've done yeah. loads of work on myself. Now I'm at a stage now I'm, I'd quite like to find someone to settle down. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a big difference between saying that and then the reality, as you just said, it's like, oh, fuck, someone's in my bed every, every morning. They do things I don't like to do. And so you've got, it's a different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean? And even though it's it's so amazing yeah. and all of these feelings, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. There's also the other side where it's really fucking scary as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. when you come from the kind of childhoods oh, we know, had, you, you, where it's yeah. like, I've got control over yeah. my life. I'm good yeah. by myself because I know exactly where I am and I can control yeah. everything. And then someone comes into your life and all of a sudden it just goes out the window. Have you adapted okay then? Or are you still learning? <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know what? Like we both are, because he was happy being alone as well. Mm. And it was completely unexpected, but I don't know, we just work together. Because I'm, I'm doing some work on attachment styles. I don't know if you mm. heard of this, like avoiding attachments, <laughs> um, secure attachments. I'm disorganized. Oh, you that one, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Because <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think I'm think i I'm anxious avoidant, whatever that is. And it basically yeah, means yeah, that just, it's yeah. for fear of abandonment. Yeah. And, or, or, or I go the other way, I abandon them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. about you? So yeah, the, yeah. I think, I think that is the disorganized right. one. So it's kind of, we go from basically kind of like one thing to the other. Yeah. So I've only recently started learning about attachment mm. styles, but oh my God, so much stuff makes sense. Amazing, isn't it? Because I can go from one one minute, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so in love. This yeah. is just so amazing. Yeah. To this doesn't work and no, I can't do it. And he'll do like the tiniest thing wrong. And I'm like, I, I need to be alone. I, <laughs> yeah. This just isn't working for me anymore. I need to be single. And literally the next minute again, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was looking, I was like, it's what the fuck's wrong with me? I'm literally like black and white going mm. from one thing to the other very, very fast. Yeah, right. And I started learning about attachment yeah. styles and it, I'm like, this it, makes it so much sense. It blew my mind because it made me realise, it, it, it gave me compassion for myself. And yeah. then, I, then I, when I looked at other people who I thought were narcissists and things like that, I thought, actually, no, they're just, they've just got different attachment styles. Yeah. And it kind of made me give them compassion. I was like, oh, right. So instead yeah. of judging them, yeah. let's, let's, Talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we've all got some sort of shit going on, right? Hundred percent. And it's just like it's amazing realizing this stuff and being so yeah. self-aware because yeah. we realize not only do we realize we're not broken, but like you said, we can have compassion for other people as well. It's not that they're broken; they've just been through sh some shit, mm. and this is how they now deal with stuff. And we can also yeah. help to always improve ourselves as well. I think that's the point, though, improving ourselves. But like, I think that it's understanding what our faults are but then mm -hmm. if you see a fault or something different in your partner who am i to say mate i want you to change that i yeah. just think you've got to just talk about it and just say yeah. this is how it makes me feel mm -hmm. do you know what i mean but i think sometimes people just oh just because someone acts slightly differently a bit more dismissive or less intimate or affectionate than you doesn't make them wrong it's just their style maybe yeah. i don't know it's difficult isn't it sometimes yeah and i think we're always quick especially in relationships we're always very quick and this might be with friends as well not necessarily yeah, just with um like lovers <laughs> we're very quick to want to change other people yeah. Like, I don't like that about that person. Totally. I don't like that about that person. But it's like, we should be a lot quicker. I want to, like, change these things about ourselves. Oh, as you said, the the, the way to, the, the gold is where you're looking at yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, even if someone's done the most heinous thing to you, 
there's an element of what role did I play in that sometimes yeah. and I think it takes a brave person to do that right yeah we've got so. to be more accountable and take radical responsibility like mm. we've got to mm. so what's been your happiest moments my happiest moments hmm. have, you, have you had any <laughs> I think yeah do you know what absolutely do you know what this year has, even though there's been a lot of wobbles, a lot of, sometimes I'd literally been on the floor, like before I had the first disclosure conversation around herpes and started talking about it online. That was a lot of fucking wobbles. A lot of stuff brought yeah, to the course. surface. It was difficult. But it's also, it's been the best year of my entire life because yeah. there's been so much growth. And I'm yeah. not even talking about financial growth. Two years ago was the most money I've made. It's took a drop and we're building it back up again. Yeah. But personal growth this year has just been absolutely incredible. I've made mm. so many amazing memories. Mm. My relationship with my family, like my mom, my dad, my yeah. sisters, wow. like it's the best. It's like, it's the best it's ever been because it was rocky for a very, very long time. Mm. Obviously, I've met James, my partner. Yeah. That's been amazing. Even that, like, it's brought its own challenges. But yeah. this year has been amazing. best of my life. Amazing. Absolutely. What has James brought to your life? So he is the epitome of unapologetic expression, is which yeah. is obviously everything that I talk about. And so I met him in the meetings. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I met him in Knockox and all that. I knew about him before because yeah. he's knew my mom and my sister for years. So I knew of him. Mm. Um, but I just love how he like he'll probably like kick off with me saying that he's like the softest person you've ever yeah, met yeah, he's yeah. just absolutely lush but he also doesn't give a shit what people Brilliant. like think he's just himself and i i love that about him and i think he helps to bring that out in me even more mm. so i've, I've done well. the, the um addiction 12 step stuff and it was mm -hmm. it was good for me but i i moved out of that and now i don't need that yeah but because for me personally i found it too conformative right if i'm slipped up you know, relapse what you call it, you go back to step one it just felt for me personally but you've got to find what's right for you as, yeah as it's not one size fits all is it do you know what i'm gonna be honest i'm going through a bit of a like i don't know if like crosswords is the word at the minute but i'm going through a bit of a weird thing with it myself at the minute where oh, it's okay. it really did help me at the beginning of the year and i've i've met so many amazing yeah. people from it and i've made some beautiful friends from it but there's certain things about it which I'm just like, oh, just it doesn't yeah. feel right for me. It saved my partner's life. It saved my mom's life. Yeah. Most of my bloody family are in it. But there's certain things in it which I'm just like, oh, it just doesn't feel right. I haven't been mm. to a meeting for a few weeks. I'm just kind of still on my own journey at the minute. And yeah, I just, there's certain aspects of it I absolutely love. Yeah. Certain aspects of it I don't like so much. What about values? Because one of my values is, is faith and honesty. Mm -hmm. Did you talk to us about your values? And also, do you about faith, spirituality, religion, all that mm. kind of stuff? Do you love high powers, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So I definitely do believe in a God now. I never used to, but there's a lot about right. religion that doesn't align with me. So like I've been to church and all of that, like I pray mm. most days, but do I believe in a God in the sense that it's like some dude who's yeah, like, same. do you know what I mean? Where it's like, if you do this thing, you're going to hell. If you're fucking gay, you're going to hell yeah. and all that bollocks. I do not believe that for a second. I believe that we cannot comprehend what God is. No. There's something higher than us, but I don't know what agree. it is. Yeah, it's like a higher power frequency yeah. or a vibe. It's not one, yes. man, one man going, oh, I'll give you six out of ten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. So what what, what about your parents then? Because you mentioned, and, and your family, I'm sure you've been open with them about what's happened. How's that journey been? Because were they kind of 
sort of upset and angry with you or how, how did it all play oh, out? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think more than anything, they were worried, really worried because, as I said, I've been playing the role of good girl for such a long time. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'm the rebel doing all of the crazy stuff. So I think yeah. they were just very worried. Um, as I mentioned, I met my dad when I was 19. We, as we were getting to know each other for the first few years, that's had some ups and downs, but we get on really well. Now, he's always been, mm. no matter what I've done, he's always been, like, since I've known him, he's always been, like, there for me and so supportive. I've always been able to tell my dad absolutely anything, wow. yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, my mom, me and my mom, her, our relationship was really up and down, very rocky. I mean... Yeah. Sometimes we'd go like a year without talking to each other. That's not the case anymore, which I'm really grateful for. But yeah, I think they were just I think they were just worried more than anything yeah. when I was going through that kind of like fuck the world just self-destruct mission. Yeah. I mean, to not have your dad, I think you said from six to nineteen. Nineteen, you're still you're an adult, but you're still a young mm -hmm. woman. Oh god, I was a little kid back yeah. then, man. I was such I a mean, little kid. To have him back in your life must have been strange more than anything else you know? yeah but i always said that when i got at 18 i wanted to find out who my dad was because i always yeah. felt there was this dad-sized hole and like birthdays and christmas and stuff like that i always remember thinking like i wonder what he's up to i wonder if he's got any more kids this this that and him and my mom like i said they had their own troubles with addiction so their relationship was mm. very violent and very um wow. like turbulent so when i was six yeah. months old i think they kind of both came to the decision look it's best if he just goes um, and is not involved my mom brought right. me up but um yeah what was the question again so, no, that's fine. <laughs> no it's fine i love it so this is really interesting so when he came back into his yes. in, into your life yes I've, I've been guilty of this myself when my oldest son, I came back into his life and because I was, I was affected by it. I almost, I'll be honest, I almost forgot about how it affected him and made it a little bit about me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I realise, hang on a second, he, you know, if it's affected me, what's it, how's it affected him? So yeah. I'm interested in that dynamic around you was obviously emotionally upset and fucked up about it. But did he, mm -hmm. how did he rekindle that relationship with you he was he was amazing you know right. it was absolutely amazing so i found i found out where he was with the help of my stepdad right when i was by this time i was 19 we found out where he was we ended up i think i think his his adoptive mom had just died yeah so we got in touch via i'm sure it was like the obituary or something like that what oh, okay. how do you pronounce it? obituary oh i think you said when it you right. die and you go you on the paper no, obituary i think you said it right <laughs> we'll go with yours <laughs> so we ended up finding out i think it was yeah. via that and then we sent a letter to his solicitor yeah um with a phone number and i think it was basically along the lines of look if you want to get in touch great if you don't again understand but just want to let you know like dion your daughter's like yeah wants to know who you are he rang i think it was later that night and we ended up talking well i couldn't talk i was just crying my eyes out i was like, wow. like couldn't no get anything out and i think it was two days later he drove from brighton to newcastle and yeah. I went for dinner with him and it was so weird. I've got a picture on my Facebook of like 10 minutes after I meet my dad. My mom's like, let's get a oh, picture. Wow. And so you, you can see the shell shock in his face, but yeah. So was, was, there was no resentment then about him going away for so long? Nah, wow. no, okay. do you know what? We've had so many conversations about yeah. it. And I know, like I said, like my dad had his own struggles with drugs and stuff like that. He was adopted like from yeah. a very, very young age. So with that, he had his own like troubles and feelings of mm. not feeling good enough and not feeling lovable. So 
when I got to know my dad and he spoke, nah, there was no resentment there. To be honest, like, I agree with him because he's told me, he said, Dion, if I was in your life the whole time, he said, you would have been way more best, fucked up. Best thing for you that you wasn't around. It was right. the best thing. Right. It Did, was there was the no best contact thing. at all then for that period at all? Or was nah, the... Not from six months to, six months, nine, right. six months to 19. And what impact do you think that's had? So on me, like I said, I never felt good enough and I never felt lovable. So yeah. obviously my dad wasn't there and my mum, who was, wasn't happy. And then there was the suicide attempts and all of this. She was yeah. deeply unhappy wow. a lot of our childhood. So just, yeah, definitely, definitely affected me. But this is why I think, you know, I think this, I'm not here to judge any, any relationship. Mm -hmm. Who am I to, to say? But I also think that there are some couples, some married couples or, or, or they're not married or whatever that they stay in relationships because they think it's it's good for the children but actually sometimes it's better for the children if, yeah. you're, if you're not together yeah and i think that's a good example right definitely because yeah there's like you said there's so many marriages which are just totally toxic and the kids mm. are being brought up witnessing all of the shouting and fighting yeah, and yeah, yeah. just all of this poison going on and that can mess the kids up even more than the dad not being there the thing yeah. is like we like i said we all go through our own traumas yeah. we all get fucked up in one way or 100%, 100%. But this is the thing. It's like what happened to us as children, it wasn't our fault, but it's our responsibility, unfortunately, to bloody to mm. heal from it. Mm. And this is the thing, because I used to, when I used to tell my story, I always used to think I was in my subconsciously I'm craving for, I never was, but I, I got this thing in my head, I'm craving for sympathy. It was never about sympathy. It's about talking about it, getting it out there and kind of just, it's, it's where, where am I going with this in terms of like, Whatever's happened to me doesn't define me, mm -hmm. but um, it, it was rough, mm -hmm. but um, I've still got a choice to either be the victim or the victor. That's it. And that's what I say about my clients. Yeah. My clients are not victims yeah. with the victors. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. people, and let's face it, someone's always been through more shit than we have. Totally. 100%. And then I used to always resent people who did really well in business as well. I used to always be, when I was in victim, I'd be like, well, it's yeah. all right for them because they must have had good parents. Oh, this, totally. this, that. And then yeah, I would yeah. find out about people who, like yourself, who've yeah. been through so much shit and they've yeah. still done so well for yeah. themselves. And then I would think, oh, I can't use my excuse of my no, shitty no, childhood no, 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 anymore, <laughs> damn it. Shit. So we've, we've touched on suicide and um, mm -hmm. your, 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 your mum uh, attempting that what about yourself in terms of depression and suicide ideation is that ever happened? oh like from the age of i think i was eight years old the first time i tried hanging myself Bloody hell. yeah i was it was in my head so regularly from such a young age and maybe it's because i witnessed my mom doing it from a young age that i thought oh that well that's just how we go what did you actually witness well, like slitting our wrists. Um, I think the first time I was about five and I remember that. Wow. And I remember her crying at the top of the stairs and the neighbour coming in. And I didn't really know what was going on. But then the, there was one time, I think I was 12 years old, and she, I think she'd relapsed because I think, yeah, she, I'm sure she'd went a period of time without drinking, but maybe she'd relapsed. Mm. Or maybe it's before she went in A, I can't remember. But I think she'd been drinking anyways and I could hear her crying in her bedroom and she was shouting for my stepdad. So I went to open the door and she was like, don't come in, don't come in, crying. Obviously, you're, you're fucking yeah. going to go in, aren't you? And I've never seen as, blood, as much blood in my life. Like she'd yeah. done a really good number on herself. Um, so that really affected me. But yeah, it had been in my head loads. And when I was going through the madness of when I was doing the sex work and it looked, I thought I was going to be going to prison because that kind of, mm. the legal aspect of that, that was dragged out for a few months. I thought it was right. only going to be a few weeks. 
So my head was yeah. really messed up. I was using every day. I was drinking every day. And there was one point I was just like, you know, I've had enough with this. So <clears throat> I tried killing myself. I was hanging myself. And I remember, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. It's really fucking painful. Do mm. not like, do not do it. No. But I remember at one point, it felt the only way I can describe it is it's like there was these, after the struggle, it was like these black curtains were coming. And I remember thinking, oh, this is it. I'm dying now. Seriously. Okay, this is happening. Me dog, me pug started crying and scratching like crazy on the door. And I remember thinking like, who's going to feed me dog? Right, because right. at the time I wasn't speaking to any of my family. Yeah. So I was thinking she could go undiscovered for weeks. Like how fucking selfish is that? Wow. So I untied the thing and then ran. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And so I still say to this day, me dog, my dog saved us. Isn't it amazing when we snap out of our own mind? Like, and, what are you doing? Yeah, something mm -hmm. like that. Because it's when we're in that situation it's like you just think it's going to be a relief and you everyone yeah. yourself will be happier if you're not there and it's all about you isn't it yeah, you're in your own me, head me, it's me, so me, difficult yeah. to get out of that sometimes but is there any 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 advice you'd give to people in that sort of really depressive dark state also i caveat this on all my podcasts what i say or you say isn't advice it's general it's, it's one yeah. it's not one one size fits all but what yeah. would work for you or do you know what i think now because that's the closest i've definitely mm. come to killing myself and since then, life wasn't linear. Happiness wasn't right. linear. I've still had dark moments, but sometimes I like I look at my dog or I laugh with my partner or my yeah. family, or even I'm watching like a movie and I'm pissing myself laughing. Yeah. And do you know what I think so much? I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't die that night yeah. because I wouldn't be laughing right now. I wouldn't be enjoying this nice meal right now. So yeah. I don't want to say it to anyone like, look, life is just going to be amazing and all no. rainbows and unicorns no. if you don't fucking kill yourself. You're still going to have some hard times, but oh my God, life gets to be so beautiful as well. So beautiful. And it's the small smallest things totally. that you be, that you can be so grateful for and also i'd say nothing is permanent as well nothing you is know, permanent. even the highs the highs and the lowest the lows yeah. is always, always moves and shakes but i think your, your point around it if you are depressed people I, I always try and do one little thing do small things like go for a walk yeah. and then go for a longer walk then go for a walk with a smoothie and can't this is really doesn't have to be this big grandioso yeah. thing sometimes you know what and i mean talk like tell yeah. police, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. someone. Some I was on the phone to Samaritans. Mm. No, was it Samaritans or was it Crisis? I can't remember. Yeah, there's a few, one of them. Isn't it? Yeah, I was on the. I've probably on the phone to bloody all of them at one point. Oh. Um, yeah. But like, just please just talk to people and if you're yeah. struggling with addictions and stuff like that try the fellowship like yeah. get yourself in those rooms like at least bloody give it a go mm. and as you said nothing is permanent yeah, yeah. life can be really bloody hard and people are still gonna die and shit's still gonna happen and you're still gonna get an expected fucking electricity mm. bill drew in the door the washing machine's still gonna break yeah, but yeah. there's so much beauty in the world mm, as well and totally. we get to experience all of it but only if we're here totally totally you mentioned improvements earlier what improvements do you think you need to make like in myself or in the way in the world oh both actually I, in my definitely the control aspect <laughs> <laughs> still working control on freak. that yeah still working on that yeah what well, do you know what i it's been coming back in recently and I know because my partner's mentioned it like yeah. I can really still overthink stuff wow. I like to predict the future yeah and but then I just like totally go off on one I'm like well I can't do this because this is gonna happen five years down the line <laughs> da, 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 da. and he's like Dion like slow down like yeah. stop, stop overthinking so yeah overthinking definitely being a control freak and you know what I am still 
God, my self-worth is a million times better than it used to be. But I still have aspects like at the LinkedIn party later on mm. tonight, mm. because I'm not drinking anymore. Mm. Like I still feel really awkward and nervous going into social situations right, like that. So yeah, bad. Yeah. It's still a skill that I'm learning. Mm. I've been used to having a few drinks and I say a few drinks, it yeah. would always end up like I'd always end up on it for days at a time. The table, I'm sure, but anyway. Well, yeah, but I, I don't do that anymore. No. So now I'm going into these situations, a room full of strangers, people drinking, and yeah. I'm not drinking. That still makes me nervous. That's a skill that I'm still going yeah. to be working on for quite a while. Yeah. Especially dancing sober. Oh, I don't know if I can do that tonight. I don't think I've ever done that, actually. <laughs> I, do, I think I've done it. I done it at the New Year's party last yeah. year, the NA yeah. party, but I was very much in my own head still. Yeah. I'm with you on it though, with the drinking thing. It's, it's the last couple of years, I've really, really paired it back. I haven't stopped it, but mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's a basic question, but what are the fundamental benefits that you've found not drinking? The guilt and shame and just the, oh, the hangovers I would get, man. Yeah. Not just... I really do feel like I get worse as you get older. Yeah, Physically, I've always had bad hangovers anyways. 100%. But it's the like that anxiety is real. And just some of the stupid decisions I've made under the influence. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, Give God. us an example. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do, like, do you know what? Yeah. I got into the habit of drink driving. Seriously? I was so against that for such a long yeah, time. Right. And when I moved back to Newcastle, the shop was a good like 15 minute walk away yeah. i'd have a bottle of wine and be like i'm not fucking walking there but i right. want another bottle of wine wow. i would drive drunk to get drugs i would just drive drunk to go to the shop and get more i would drive drunk to pick up people i could have killed myself and other people that's so fucking selfish mm. that is one of the, and obviously i don't do that anymore the power of you admitting that though mm -hmm. I, I, the psychology of that you didn't have to say that I, I know people listen to that all judge and go fucking that's reckless that's irresponsible i know i agree and why why do you feel compelled to say it like that i'm not i'm not judging mm -hmm. you i think it's fucking amazing what was that was is there a, a thought process behind you just blurting that out nah, it's just, i think it's the first time i said that publicly yeah, but i know fine, that there's because yeah. this is the thing right we can be the most like a beautiful caring people yeah, yeah. in the world but some of us as soon as you put a drink or a drug into us we do the most stupid things yeah. that can ruin not just our lives but so many of our lives sure sure and it's just that that brutal honesty. Mm -hmm. Honesty is so important, I think, in terms of having no secrets. I, I did a big podcast as a guest on a guy called Dodge Whittle's podcast a couple of months ago. It came out two weeks ago. And I was brutally honest. I was vulnerable. And for me, I think you've mentioned like the no secrets thing before. When you are brutally honest with yourself and other people and you, you don't have any secrets, for me personally... I think that's one of my biggest growth things I've done. I just, I'm not saying I've been lying before, but I haven't been telling the full yeah. aspect of it. It's just so, oh, what's the word? It's just so relieving, I think. A hundred percent. And someone yeah. said, I saw something where the most under, they'd actually written the most underestimated power of a woman is, is one with no secrets to hide. Right. I think yeah. that applies to bloody any gender. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you've got no secrets to hide, what can people hold against you? On that point though, what do you think men can do more of to be better or help women and vice versa? Because it's the age old thing, feminists and men are this and women are this. It's all, I actually think controversially, I know women are disadvantaged compared to men in some aspects, but mm -hmm. I think that's the other way around as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think overall it's fairly even. Mm -hmm. Kill me, why don't you? What, 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 what do you think? 
I just think we need to have each other's backs more. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm quite traditional in the mm. sense that, like, I want I want to feel looked after. Like, I'm yeah. always going to make more money. Like, I love I love looking after myself. Yeah. But I'm at a stage now. I'm like, do you know what? Like, I I love being looked after, and yeah, I love yeah. feeling protected. And I suppose there's there's things that men just do better than women. Parking, one of them. True though. Um, but there's things that women do better than men. And I think just the more that we can work yeah. together, like we can just I, work in bloody harmony. I think harmony. it's so true. And the, when, when women say, oh, I don't need a man, it's, that's when it, exactly, it's usually the opposite. You know, well, yeah, well, know. well, for one, men built all the bloody roads yeah. for a start. Like, you know, like yeah. we need each other. Of course we do. We fucking need each other. 100%. And I don't think there's any shame in admitting no. that. No. So talking about LinkedIn then. Um, love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's, it's great. I've made so many friends and business <laughs> out of it. But what, what's the good, bad and the ugly for LinkedIn for you? What? what? So... Like you, I've met amazing yeah. people like yourself yeah, on you. LinkedIn. I just absolutely love that platform. It's always where I've gotten the majority of my business from. I find it more, I want to say I find it more authentic. I think there's like knobheads on every platform. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think what I love about it, obviously the organic reach is definitely better for me. <laughs> my Instagram, even though I post on it all the time, honestly, yeah. my engagement is it's like a bloody graveyard in it's, there. It's just so hard, I think. I know. And I put in a lot more effort in that and I get like half the results right. from it. But yeah, so LinkedIn, obviously organic reach better. I love the people that I've met yeah. on it. Um, what is the bad and the ugly... There's quite a lot of perverts on there. Right, okay. So I've had some weird messages on there. Yeah. Um. Obviously, getting all of the sales messages every day, that gets on your tits quite mm. a lot. But yeah, it's still, do you know what? Like, overall, I love the platform. I'm, it's the people I've met. I'm liking the authenticity of it. I think I think yeah. that it's, it's coming. But there's still some people that post a selfie and they've got, uh, and the content has got nothing to do with self. It's a bit like you, I, I think yeah. you can you can see that they're doing it for the likes. And I've been guilty of that before, but now I just, when I post a post, it's like I say to myself, "What value is this adding?" Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to do it for my audience, not for me. And I think yeah. that's the difference a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm still working on that because at the yeah. end of the day, right? Especially coming from where we come from, yeah, it's like hard. it's it's nice to be told, oh, yeah. oh my god, you're so amazing. Oh, amazing. We still like the yeah. validation. Uh, of course we do. Let's be honest. We, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. posted loads of selfies on my yeah. post. I'm like, oh, oh good on that. I'm posting I, it. I'm I'm Mr. Selfie, but I'm I'm saying that I think that um, look, I think I think even on my stories, I check who's checking my stories. Like, it's still there. Be honest. I think we we still yeah. have that. And the moment Definitely. we said, so on on the on the purpose and the future front, then because you've talked about purpose. What is your purpose, do you think? And what's the future holding for you, do you think? I want to help as many people as possible just show up more powerfully in the world, not just online, mm. but offline. I want to help people heal from the, all of the unresolved shit their right. emotionally unstable parents and society bestowed upon them. <laughs> I want to help people overcome shame, whether it be around a stigmatized condition or their past, whatever the hell it mm. is. And I think most importantly, I want to help people learn to love and accept themselves exactly the way they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're always going to have a yeah. little psycho moments, no matter how much healing work we've been doing. And it's like, you know what? Like, we get to be this these full-spectrum human beings who feel all of the emotions, and we've got our little crazy, quirky bits about us, and that's all okay. Yeah. What, what makes a good client for you, then? People who own their own shit and mm. don't play victim, 
people who I love working with. I love working with leaders, people who are like really ambitious and yeah. they've been through shit and, but they're still like, do you know what? I am going to work my arse off and be the best person that I can be. And at the same time, I also know that I've got these unresolved wounds that are holding me back. So I want to yeah. work on them to make myself an even better person. Yeah. Dion, um, we kind of reached the end of the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. We could chat loads more. I knew it would be like this. Just open, open <laughs> raw. I think what you're doing is phenomenal. I think you're phenomenal. Likewise. Um, any passing gifts in terms of advice or statements you want to say to people going through going through some tough times before you go? Yeah, like I said, life is a bloody emotional roller coaster and it's always going to be, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Get good people in your circle because yeah. you know what? And, and look after your outside world as well because you can do all of the inner healing work in the world, but if you're, if you're still sniffing at weekends and you're still watching Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> documentaries and you're, you're still hanging around with arseholes, yeah. don't be surprised when you're still stuck. No. Like work on, yes, your inner world, but your outer world as well. Totally. Keep good people in your circle and just keep on bloody going. Also, just before we go, you do, I can't say motai, motai? Muay Thai. Oh, I mean, it's very yeah. much a yeah. hobby. All like, right. I haven't had a proper fight yet. Yeah, right. I paid a lot of money for this nose, you know, <laughs> and like, obviously, yeah. like, my partner, he's a fighter. Yeah. My sister's a fighter. I know a lot yeah. of fighters. And I've seen some of the states I've been in, and I'm like, I think I'll stick to it as a hobby. I don't like being punched in the face. No, but is it the, is it the discipline of it? What I'm trying to say is I think... Amazing it, for confidence. Yeah. Confidence. So on that point, I think when you say inner and outer, if you can find an interesting hobby like that, I think it's really powerful oh, for you. absolutely. Absolutely like you said discipline yeah. but yeah the confidence and just getting into that good healthy routine yeah. if someone wanted to find you or hire you where's the best place that they can connect with you just Dion Slater yeah LinkedIn Dion yeah. Slater Google Dion Slater Instagram I think because I've got an Instagram Dion Slater but I can't remember the login I set that up years ago so I think now it's at Dion underscore Dion underscore. Yeah, yeah. That's do you know why. what? I, I don't normally ask this question, but I'd love to come on your podcast as well. Please do. Oh my God, I would That'd love that. Fun, I'm holding you to that now. Brilliant. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. 